Tony, I wanted to tell you before we got going that uh, while I have really enjoyed my time at Big Ten Plus Four, um, I, I can't tell you exactly what the future holds, but I fully intend to be at the start of the show after this intro. Big Ten Plus Four is a member of Odd Pods Media and ASAP All Sports All Plays Network. Hello and good morning. Welcome to Big Ten Plus Four. I made it. Uh, Big yeah. Ten Plus Four, we uh, bring you college sports with a Midwest perspective. We are blue collar and blue blood. Uh, I am Sam Sprunger. And um, <laughs> sorry, I just got a message that kind of, and that's Tony Hollinsworth on the other <laughs> side of the screen if you're watching. Um, how are we doing? We're, we're the, we're, we're getting closer. The next time that we meet, we will have a national champion. Tony, mm-hmm. are, are you are you feeling good about that? I am. I mean, excited. Definitely excited because because you know who's not in the national championship this year? Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> I don't have to sit here and hear roll tide. I don't have to hear it. I don't. It's the best thing. And and for the first time in at least this current you know, college football playoff format, we could potentially have repeating national champions with Georgia. So it's, yeah, honestly, and and think about this is, you know, you have the last time that Georgia before last year won the national title, they had the likes of, you know, Hall of Famers, Herschel Walker, you know, like they had dogs, no pun intended, but kind of intended, Mm -hmm. uh, and the, this team is on the precipice of of doing something that the, any of the greats in Georgia up to that point have never done. Like and and to think and and they only have had two really huge like portions where they were dominant because the 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 mid, late eighties through about the end of the nineties they 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 weren't the greatest program you know yeah. on, in, in the in the conference, let alone the country. And then they turned it around. So, but they still have a, a, a blue blood style of history. And, um, you know, so it, to think that this is going to potentially be the first time that Georgia has repeated as a national champion is kind of surprising a little bit. Yeah. Cause you're, you're right. When you look at Georgia, it's been what within the last 10, 15 years, Georgia has really come back to being a powerhouse. Yeah. About, about the turn of the century. I mean, right around 2000, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe mid. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would say mid for probably a lot of our younger viewers that maybe, you know, didn't get to watch Georgia at that time. You know, mm-hmm. Georgia hasn't always been the powerhouse that it's been. They've had up and down years. Same with Alabama. I mean, Alabama has not been this, you know, quote unquote dynasty that they've been for the last 11 12 years with Nick Saban you know they were good before but they were not the level that they are currently I can remember being excited Tony and I I forget what year it was but Miami of Florida and Alabama played in the Sugar Bowl Mm -hmm. and uh Bama beat them 
And mm-hmm. Miami had won the national title the year before. They were, you know, they were the team. Yep. And they were expected to beat Alabama. Alabama came in. George Teague played on that on mm-hmm. that Bama team. Yep. Uh longtime cowboy great after uh after he left Alabama. And I remember Alabama beating them, and it was like, yes, number one went down. And 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 it was because while Alabama had a rich history, they hadn't been good. Right. And then they started to get better. Uh, they had a few years where they kind of went downhill again after uh, that. But then uh, but then Nick Saban uh, so famously told all the reporters in Miami he will not be the next coach in Alabama. And about two hours after that interview, he was on a plane to Tuscaloosa. So that and then the rest is history, so to speak, you know, uh, and it may be ending uh, I've got a little thought on that too. So, um, but uh, let's talk about the national championship game. I'm still looking at that message that I got. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the national championship game Monday night. Uh, the TCU Horned Frogs will take on the Georgia Bulldogs. So we got the the frogs and hogs mm-hmm. or dogs playing uh, hogs. <laughs> For some reason, I thought Arkansas. Georgia's the favorite. I mean, we all knew this yeah. was going to be. It, it didn't matter who who was on the other side of the football. It was going to be Georgia is the favorite. Do you feel comfortable saying, "Yeah, okay, I I, I feel pretty confident Georgia's going to win this game"? Do you have a different analysis, or do you not feel good but still think Georgia wins? Like, what are your thoughts on this? I think TCU, after watching how they performed against Michigan, has a better chance of facing Georgia and winning than I would have initially had just going into it, you know, just completely like blind, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. if, if you would have told me before they played Michigan, Hey, it's going to be TCU versus Georgia. I would say, okay, well, Georgia's going to be national champions. That again. wouldn't have raised an eyebrow without any context. You just say, after you have these final four set, mm-hmm. it's going to be TCU and Georgia. It wouldn't go, Whoa, Whoa, what? Yeah, TCU I'd be you wins. Yeah, I'd be. Wait, are you sure? And and that's why it would it raise an eyebrow to where you think, mm-hmm. well, maybe I need to reevaluate whether or not it's Georgia that I'm picking right away. You know, and, I, sorry to interrupt. I just did. no, no, no. And, and that and that really is that. That's kind of the point of it's. You know, T, TCU won a game that I didn't expect for them to win. That you know, we talked about it on Wednesday. We've talked about it the last couple of shows. Nobody expected TCU to win. The, sure. This is not a team that, at least on paper, well, the whole recruiting system, like Fort this Worth might have Fort, Fort Worth might have expected them to win. How about? Oh that? yeah, Fort Worth <laughs> did. Fort Worth definitely did. Um, but but you know everybody else, the the other forty nine states in in the United right. States and most of did, Texas and most of Texas did not really expect it, um, and really watching how Ohio State did as well as they did against Georgia. Now, again, Ohio State's also a different beast. Again, better better talent to me, but that game against Michigan, to me, showed a lot with TCU. They proved a lot of people wrong with the whole, well, they don't deserve to be here. They haven't beaten anybody. You know, They haven't beaten any quality opponents. They beat Michigan, really, that entire game. Like There was really no point where I was like, oh, Michigan's going to win this. It's like, no, this is all TCU. TCU came out like we talked about, it's like a boxing match. They hit Michigan in the mouth, and then they just said, yep, we got our shot, and we're going to keep it. We're not taking our foot off the gas. We are 
we are going this is the cinderella dream and we're going to make it happen now where i think it gives me a little bit more confidence in georgia is because of how cj stroud played they might be a little bit more keen and probably practicing how to take on Max Duggan, and especially now that they have a lot more film on him. Now the question is, is can, can they take the film and can they take the practice and put that into actual reality when they face him? Because seeing it and you know, kind of studying it is one thing, but can you really stop it when it's on the field? Because do you have a way to recreate that in your practice field? Because I don't see Stetson Bennett out here trying to be no Max Duggan. Like... Well, I don't know that I'd want him being Max Duggan while going against that defense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even wearing a, 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 a black jersey that means hands off, I still don't want him, you know, overexerting yeah. during during a, a, a practice, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, he's hard to replicate. Duggan is hard to replicate, but I'm sure, I'm sure you can have, you can come up with some either A, you just study the daylights out of them and you don't actually try to replicate them in the practice on the practice field, or you have some setup to where I don't know how you do it, but you keep them both hands off, but you have a receiver that does that has the, the escapability like Duggan might have, mm-hmm. but you have one of your quarterbacks also there to where he can make the throw. Yeah. I would, so I don't, I, would, I don't know. I would say maybe you're one of your wide receivers, or I was even thinking just now a running back because of the big body that could potentially right. power through. Yeah, that, that, that might was... not be a bad idea. But you, you think most, um, not most, but a good percentage of wide receivers have been a quarterback at some point. So they can yep. throw on the run if they need to, you know, to kind of replicate what Duggan can do in game. Yeah. And that's the only thought that I was putting to that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, it made sense, but yeah, I I would argue you could probably do wide receiver, running back. You could maybe even do tight end if they've been converted from quarterback because there's still a the little mm-hmm. bit of that big body um, that can move people and go through. Because to me, that's part of what Max does. He, he's not really a speedster. He's not going to beat you just by mm-hmm. outright no. speed. He's just a big power dude that is going to mm-hmm. run through you. And so... Like, like you said, I do like the wide receiver aspect and in, in being able to throw. But like to me, that his biggest strength is his scrambling ability. And like I said, I I think you could probably get close with replicating some of it. Um, but like I said, I think that's honestly to me what gives TCU a slight edge. And I know as of right now, Friday morning, uh, Georgia is twelve and a half point favorites to win. So. I think it's I think it's slowly been going down from initially, but yeah. I, I still can't buy that. No? No, and, and I'll explain why. <laughs> um is and none of it's really like backed by anything really solid other than when has TCU been blown out? Every team that they've went against whether they were expected to blow them out, they've done that. Or like, you know, teams like Baylor, they weren't a dumpster fire or horrible this year. They were decent. They were good enough. They could have beaten TCU. But TCU found a way. Yep. And converted it and mm-hmm. beat them. Big 12 championship game. They lost. Mm-hmm. They were trailing and they fought back to get it to overtime. They keep finding ways, and I said this on Wednesday, and that, and I kind of beat the drum kind of hard, was 
I don't know that. I, I think they've got... Uh, some people think, oh, well, this championship game sets up perfectly for Georgia to repeat no matter what. No, it doesn't. Uh, to me, mm-hmm. this this TCU is going up against an, an amazingly highly rated defense in Georgia. Mm-hmm. They just got done statistically beating, or uh, I'm sorry, they just got done beating statistically the uh, a better defense. Yeah. So why wouldn't I think that TCU could do the same thing? Now, the one thing that I don't think Michigan expected was everything that TCU did. That was the blueprint, though, that now Georgia can look at it and say, well, unless Sonny Dykes has something else, this is this is the worst it's going to get. Yeah. Um, I know he wasn't happy. Kirby wasn't happy and. uh on the field <laughs> being interviewed asked him about tcu he says you know what we don't have any shot against tcu if we play the way we did again did today he said we've got to get better than worry about tcu yep so i think that's a great uh start for georgia mm-hmm. uh that's a great thing to have your coach say yeah because while we're happy we're playing next week we got to get better or we're not winning next week so i mean to, to have it start there that's great yeah, it's getting the players to buy in because you know what they've seen week in week out. Everybody's saying, "Well, TCU is not that good," or TCU is the fourth team in this playoff, or yeah. TCU just isn't the caliber of Georgia. Uh, that's the one thing that Kirby Smart really needs to beat into into their psyche, is because I think Michigan believed the headlines and yes. that got them beat. Yep. If Georgia can remember that they still have to play and win the game to be a national champion, and they take it as business as usual, I, I think it. I think Georgia wins mm-hmm. because they are the better team. But your Joe, Jimmy's and Joes are better on the Georgia side than they are TCU. That doesn't yeah. measure heart though, and that's why I keep pulling back to TCU and saying, well, "How are they going to figure it out this week?" Because I think they will, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and I'm like, well, how are they going to do it? Uh, I still think there's too much in, on Georgia's side. So I'm very hesitant, but I still think Georgia repeats. Yeah, I am. I'm the same way. I'm hesitant. I honestly like I'm I'm one of those people right now. I'm kind of sucked into the whole TCU Cinderella story. Like I would love for them to win. Yeah. Like yeah. Just, just because they're a team nobody expected. Uh, if I remember right, they didn't come in ranked. They didn't, they didn't get ranked in the season until like week six. Um, what I think when they beat what Kansas or Oklahoma State. And I we've think. talked about the AP anymore. It really doesn't matter if you're ranked there at the beginning. It's so reactionary. If you have a good enough win, you're going to jump pretty high right away. So yeah. it, you don't have to. It, uh, gone are the days of having to work your way up. Yeah. Like if you have a big enough win you're already up you're halfway up already yeah but yeah i i i'm same way i'm hesitant to say that i know it's going to be georgia but i but in my heart i want it to be tcu yeah i I, and i I don't necessarily think i'm going to be openly rooting but if if tcu who starts blowing the doors off them i might i might get excited yeah and 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 what i will do then is hope for georgia to get back into it 
Yeah. Because then that means it's a good game. Like it's yes. you're gonna have some excitement happening. And the and the and the Michigan TCU game was kind of like that. You know, we kept we kept texting and all three of us back and forth and Dalton was like, yes, he's really excited. You know, that rivalry thing. He just really can't bring himself to rooting for, for Michigan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's, he's excited. And I, and I saw that text and within three minutes, Michigan had brought it back within like yeah. a, a possession. And I said, I'm still not convinced yeah. that TCU wins. Mm-hmm. I want that. Yeah. I want that. You know, I want either. I want, one of the teams to I don't know that I want Georgia because I think if Georgia gets a big lead, they're going to shut it down because that oh, will force that will force TCU into one dimension. Yeah. Uh, but if TCU jumps out, that's Georgia's got both. He, they've got a passing game, they've got a, a running game. So if it's early like it was against Michigan, I th- I feel comfortable that I think Georgia could get back into it, making a nice game, and I think they'll win. I. I don't. I'm not saying this is where TCU finally blows it because I don't know that they're gonna. I yeah, just I think Georgia's better. Yeah, and again, it's it's nothing against Georgia. Like I, I don't have anything no, against Georgia. Yeah. No, Georgia's one of those I have no problem with them. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, overall, I I think they are just the again on paper analytically what we've seen on the field. They are they are a better team. They've got more mm-hmm. talent than what TCU does. But I get with. TCU to me is the epitome of do more with less, and they've managed to be able to do that extremely well all season. So, I, I you hadn't joined the 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 show up on the show yet, and I don't know if you heard the episode or the show the week that I was talking to. Well, it would have been this week, which coincidentally we never did mention on Wednesday or at the beginning of this. Uh, it's our one year anniversary. This is actually the show that would have been our first last year. Like we started at the beginning of January, uh, mm-hmm. and we were doing the national championship game uh, oh, okay. between Georgia and, and Alabama. And when I, I told Dalton about the, about growing up, we had, <clears throat> excuse me, we had a 50th anniversary monopoly board, uh, game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it went back. What it what they did is they took the, the, uh, the pieces and and reverted it back to what it was originally, like mm. what they were originally. Right. And so instead of a car, they had a little train, and instead of a Scotty, they had a bulldog. So me being the youngest and six years separated me from my brother who was the middle child. So enough that I did a lot of things on my own you know, kind of imagination, creating Mm -hmm. things on my own. So I would pull this Monopoly board out and I made a game of basketball by rolling dice. Well, the two icon or two pieces that matched best were the train for Purdue Mm -hmm. and the bulldog for Georgia. So I would always, it would always be Purdue against Georgia. And whenever I always manipulated it to where Purdue won, but but it always kind of gave me an affinity for Georgia. So I do, I I'll be happy if Georgia wins. I'm they're not my school. I don't get angry when they lose. I really, honestly, I don't care, but I I like seeing them do well. I have a couple of Georgia shirts that I've used for, you know, whatever, you know, as undershirts or work shirts or whatever, but I'm not ashamed of it. I like Georgia. Yeah. Even though it's a green Bay Packer G. 
I, yes, unfortunately. But my point is, is I still kind of hope TCU wins. Yeah. Like it, it. Like I do. I. I'm critical of a team that I that I actually kind of like. I yeah. guess is what I'm getting at on that one. But mm-hmm. uh, let's move to the second quarter. We're, I, I'm not really 100 percent sure where we'll go in the second quarter, but uh, we'll, let's go we'll figure it out. Let's go take a look. All right, we're entering the second quarter. We're not uh, talking national championship game anymore. Um, wanted to bring up uh, the multiple reports have come out that uh, Michigan will be. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say hit, but uh, or served. I guess served papers from the NCAA about potential investigation on allegations and things like that that happened uh, with their football team. Yep. Uh, I know we we talked on Wednesday that we will talk again about Coach Harbaugh at Michigan and kind of his uh, where his trajectory may go uh, on Wednesday when Dalton's back, and it will also be after Black Monday. So yeah. that that will allow us a few more positions, and and honestly, uh, maybe a decision. We, we it 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 may be a quicker talk because he may be gone. I don't know. We right. ju- you just don't know how quickly things will work, or if he actually does leave. We don't know what the allegation or the the findings or the the papers that are begin or the allegations that are being brought up or whatever. Uh, it did say Friday would be when it came out. So sometime during the day today, uh, they'll come out. We'll have more of that uh, next week when we when we come in. We want to have a little bit more of a stronger grasp of what it is. Uh, that's one thing that we want to make sure we don't necessarily need to be first. We want to be the best of what we have presented to us. So uh, yeah. if we let it go a day or so longer, we'll have more information. And we'll be able to uh, really tackle it a little bit better. So uh, I guess this took a little bit longer than I expected, Tony, to to describe. But uh, we will talk a little bit about uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, kind of everything that's panning out after this weekend uh, yeah. on our first show next week. Yeah. Now I do have to ask because it, it kind of pertains a little bit, but you know, but without without getting too in depth, obviously. Because I, I asked my buddy this on my podcast last night, and I want to ask it to you, and I'll probably ask it to Dalton on Wednesday. So we, we've really heard it more of the last two years. We, we kind of heard a little bit of an inkling of it ever since he returned back to Michigan of, you know, Harbaugh eventually wants to go back to the NFL. My question is, why does he like more so pushing it now that he's had two back-to-back successful years about as successful as you can get with the exception of at least you know going to a national Mm -hmm. title game and winning the national title you finally beat your big your big rival twice and you know you're you're competing in the college football playoffs you you have your whole thing reestablished. you have your identity established i guarantee you're probably back in the favor again with the exception of what may or may not happen with the potential allegations or not you're in favor with your alumni. Why are you now? It seems like now he's pushing harder to go back into the NFL than he was when it's like, well, he can't, he can't be Michigan state. He can't beat Ohio state. You know, he can't win the big 10. He's not even going into the playoffs. He's just playing for bowls and they keep losing the bowls. They're one in six under Harbaugh in bowl games. So like to you, you know, what, what's your thoughts on him 
basically leaving during his best performance at Michigan so far. Okay. So I've got a couple of, I, I've a, I don't think he's ever been both feet in at Michigan. Don't ever think that's been the case. Uh, I, <clears throat> excuse me. I've talked about this multiple times or, or at least once. I know, uh, when I first started my original podcast, we were a sports podcast and that was in October of 19 is when we started that. And it was within the first five episodes. So, you know, before the turn, before 2020 hit, mm -hmm. we were talking about hardball leaving already. Yeah. He hadn't beaten Ohio state at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I think he's always, he did not win. He, he did not win the super bowl. He made it to the super bowl. Like yeah. he was, he, they only lost by three points. Like they, mm -hmm. and it was, it was a coin flip on whether or not, you know, it was a pick em Super Bowl, basically. The the Ravens and the Niners were really close, and it was the Harbowl. You know, yep. I think that grinds on him. <clears throat> I couldn't win the Super Bowl, but my brother beat me yeah. in the Super Bowl to get his Super to get Bowl. his ring. Yeah. I think it bothers him. That bothers him. Uh, I think he liked, and I, and I said this a while back, I think he likes being the pretty girl. I think he likes to be the pretty girl at the dance where everybody is like, oh, 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 look at her. Look at what she's got on. Oh, my God. When when is he going to have more fire power to get a job in the NFL? Is it after a nine and four season where they lost to Ohio State and they underperformed in a bowl game? Or is it back to back Big Ten titles? You beat Ohio State both years. You didn't quite win in the postseason, but when you took over here, it wasn't good. And right. now look at it. Next year, whoever takes over for you will be in prime position to make it to the playoff for the third year in a row. Well, this stock's high. Yeah, I mean they have to make it, but no, no, I, but well, you I, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. like that that is like the, the potential cupboard is not bare. Yeah. So it, it's it's one of those that look what I did. Look what I can do for your 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 franchise. I yeah. I don't think he's a college guy. I don't think Michigan is his final place and I think mm -hmm. that's why now especially it seems like he's pushing even harder. That's yeah. honestly. And and we can talk more about uh ins and outs, you know, a little bit more you know, on Wednesday, but that's that's basically my really long honest answer hmm, okay yeah because i mean i i just wonder because honestly it's not like he wasn't a hot commodity when he got released by the 49ers it was like you know he you can the same thing i mean the niners were an absolute dumpster fire mike singletary put put the pieces there he put the pieces then, in and harbaugh brought it in yeah he went to three straight nfc championship games you know, the, he is a good NFL coach and not every NFL coach translates to college and vice versa. Person, yeah. I mean, He's look at Urban Meyer that... in the NFL. He didn't, yep. now, he'll never coach in the NFL again. I mean, seriously. I mean, Nick Saban didn't do well with the Dolphins and he, and I don't think right. he will ever, I don't think he'll ever coach in the NFL again. I think he, I think he will finish at Alabama. I was going to say, I don't, I don't think he'll have another job again. No, and, and not because he, not because he does, and not because that people would be offering. Just as he wouldn't want one, right? 
Right. So, yeah. Well, I, I would be shocked. He would go into analyst and be an analyst over yeah. going to a different school. I think. Uh, I don't know that. And honestly, I wouldn't call him loyal either by any means. No. Even though he's been at Alabama for so long, he's not. He, I mean, he left Michigan State yep. to go to LSU. Yep, well, then, then he, he left, left LSU, dropped LSU to go to Miami. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, not to bash. I don't care. Do what you want. I really don't care. It's not any team that I'm concerned with. So I'm not. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, with Harbaugh, I think it's just a matter of he. He's not a college guy. Yeah. But look what he's done in college. Mm-hmm. University of San Diego. He turned yep. them into something. Mm-hmm. Then he wants to goes to Stanford, what which was horrid. Ends up beating at number one USC multiple times. Yep. And then going to, <clears throat> like we mentioned, San Francisco, where the the cupboard had been stocked a little bit, but it it was still it was very unorganized. He brought three straight NFC Championship games, two different quarterbacks. That's yep. saying something there too. Yeah, and two different styles of quarterback, too, because you had Alex Smith, who was more of your traditional pocket passer, who who was kind of underwhelming, like he was a first-round pick, didn't really do what we thought he would do. And then, yeah, then you had Kaepernick, who he was more of a run first. You know, they could easily drop, you know, three, four hundred yards on you. Yeah. And and Kaepernick could throw it as well. I mean, that is kind of the good thing that I I did like about the 49ers, and it seems like they've kept that throughout uh, throughout the year so far. Is Aaron Rodgers and the Packers still have to call San Francisco daddy, and it uh, it makes me <laughs> makes me very glad. It makes me very glad. Well, I mean, it happens from time to time. <laughs> I'm not. No, it's it's interesting uh, uh, talk. Um, and we honestly, we, we could talk about it for days and days if we really wanted to, but, uh, let's, uh, let's jump to the, to the halftime break. We got some basketball on the other side of the half, uh, before our headlines. So, uh, let's go do that and, uh, we'll be back. Let's do it. You are listening to big 10 plus four hosted on anchor and Streamyard. Hey, this is Russ. This is Kyle. This is Michelle. From the Infectious Groove Podcast. Join us every Monday for the most fun you can have with a music podcast. The Infectious Groove Podcast uses a positive and fun approach as we take time every week to share our jammy jams, then dig into a thought-provoking topic discussing all decades and genres of music. You can find the Infectious Groove Podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can head to infectiousgroovepodcast.com to find us there and subscribe. We might have a controversial opinion here or there, but we always have fun with it. Oh, I'm sure I'll say something dumb. Subscribe to the Infectious Groove Podcast, part of the Odd Pods Media Network. Hi, I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. And we host the Muck Podcast, where we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. Hey, Tina, did you know that Elvis crashed the Nixon White House for the sole purpose of getting a DEA badge and it worked? What? <laughs> or how a gun control advocate senator out of California engaged in gun trafficking with notorious gang leader Shrimp Boy? <laughs> Shrimp Boy, I remember him. Okay, so you know we cover all of that and more from Malady madness mischief and murder in u.s politics and we also host a bi-weekly interview segment called lil muck we interview politicians journalists activists and others who share their experiences in politics find the muck podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and check us out on social media at the muck podcast 
Okay, so we enter the third quarter and really quickly. The year is 19, January 1st, 1993. And the number one Miami Hurricanes, 11-0 from the Big East, are taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide, who are 12-0, who won the SEC championship game as well. Uh, Dennis Erickson against Gene Stallings. Iconic matchup there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading... Miami came into this game with a chance to be a three-time champion in four years. Gino Toretta came in 89. Mm-hmm. They won the national championship. Uh, 90, they didn't. Mm-hmm. 91, they did. And 92, they were coming around to play for the national title. Uh, Alabama beat them 34-13. to Threw <sighs> their doors off. Yeah. So, and it was, it was, it was, a, I can remember watching it and it was, <clears throat> it was 13 to six at the half. Really like you just didn't, you were wondering where it was going. And then all of a sudden Alabama just 21 points a second half game over. Yep. So, and, and I can remember George Teague had a, a pick six mm-hmm. kind of seal it up. So yeah, that, that, that kind of explains that back then um, Alabama was TCU. Yeah. So it's cyclical. It happens everywhere. It does. It does. But let's move on to basketball. We're going to move to the the men's side. Really kicked in. Uh, Purdue, uh, we talked about it on Wednesday, fell on Saturday to Rutgers uh, on a stinking three-pointer with less than 10 seconds left. And I was listening to the game last night while while uh, against Ohio State, and they said that they were hoping to stay away from the three-pointer in the last final possession to lose the lead. Mm-hmm. And they said it had happened eight times in the last, I think they said three seasons, including this one. So two full seasons and then this partial eight times that Purdue had lost a game because the opposing team hit a three-pointer with 10 seconds or less <laughs> in the game. And they said, let's stay away from that. They did-ish. They, they, they certainly didn't make it look comfortable. Uh, they struggled out of the gate. But the, uh, what, what are you thinking that Purdue is st- going to recover from this, or is it going to be that typical – well, Purdue's got the horses. They've shown they've got the horses, and then they underperform once they show they've got them. No, I mean, I think they'll recover. Um, now, I think where it will be difficult for them is, you know, now we're in conference games, and conference games are always tougher because they see you twice a year, every year, and they're not always going to bring you up. every year. They only play 20 games. True. Four, true. 14, 13 other teams. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, you play you play most everybody about yeah. twice. So Correct. you play them pretty frequently. And and even then, you know, this this is somebody that's gonna see you more frequently than you know everybody than everybody else will. Like, you know, Purdue of what Lafayette or West Lafayette or whatever the uh West Lafayette. It's not Lafayette, it's West, West Lafayette. Gotcha. Yeah. They're not, you know, they you know, they're not the same level of talent that you know Rutgers is. And I just want to throw it out there. Rutgers also beat Maryland last night, like pretty wholeheartedly. And I'm yeah. like, mm-hmm. see, dark. Horses. I tell you what, I don't hold. I and I made the comment to the other day on Wednesday that 
by the end of the season, that Rutgers loss is going to be a quadrant one loss. It's going to be, and I know you say there's no good loss, but if you're going to have losses, mm-hmm. you want this one to be your loss, not against a team that you should be by, yeah. by a long yeah. shot. Mm-hmm. You, it's Eastern Illinois is not going to be a quadrant one loss for Iowa. No. That's kind of what I'm getting at there, but yeah. Rutgers could turn into that for Purdue, and I think I think they're on the way to that. Yeah, and this isn't, hey, how's Purdue doing? It's just the, it, it, that was the big game yesterday is they beat Ohio State. Uh, what was it, sixty nine, sixty or seventy three, seventy one? I God, so, uh, Purdue beat Ohio State last night, seventy one to sixty nine. Seventy one, sixty nine. I knew that, I was watching it in a in a hurry, so or like yeah. uh, on my phone, so I kind of but yeah they i i we we you and i talked about it a little bit before we started purdue was down nine and within a minute and a half of game time the game was tied so they have the explosiveness to be able to be in any game no matter how far they're down it's just a matter of how many times can they eliminate from getting into that position to where they don't have to fight like hell to get back into it you know yeah and uh so that's that's the question. Ohio State is very very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they were twenty fourth. They're pro- I wouldn't drop them out because they lost to Purdue. I mean, no. it, it was a hard fought game. They played well. They've got and I cannot imagine what Ohio State would be if Malachi Branham had stayed to play one more year with mm-hmm. the team that they've got. They I honestly uh, we wouldn't be talking about. Uh, where's IU been because Ohio State would have been the preseason you know favorite the whole way so uh yeah. on on the lines of of IU how are you feeling about their their move and I I can't call them uh, how about Indiana University we'll do that <laughs> how about the Indiana University Hoosiers Tony how uh what's your prospectus on them are they going to and 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 we talked about this. Are they, you know, are we concerned that they've struggled the way they are, or are the injuries the one, the things that are allowing you to say, okay, they're going to recover and they're going to be just as good as what we thought they may be this year? I I think it's a little bit of both because I mean, you you look at who Indiana's played. You know, they've they did really well to open the season. They beat Xavier. They beat at uh, I think currently at the time it's number eighteen North Carolina. Then they lost to Rutgers. They beat Nebraska, but then they lost back to back to Arizona and Kansas. And then they, you know, beat Elon. They beat Kennesaw State, but then they lost last night to Iowa. So I mean, they're and most of these losses, with the exception of the uh, Arizona game. Well, actually, Arizona and Kansas. Now that I look at it, I didn't read the score super well. They they're losing these games very wholeheartedly, like yeah. not yeah. not Arizona, just barely. I'm- so it it does give a little bit of concern because it's like eh, I don't know if I fully trust fully trust IU right now, especially after that. And you know, with with the expectations going in, you know how they looked, and you know we talked about it when we thought that the Big Ten was going to kind of have a a down year. You know, Indiana was the the preseason favorite to to kind of win it, yeah. and now we're like, eh, maybe not, and. You know, we we've kind of talked about and obviously, you know, one loss here or there isn't, you know, super bad. But it it is crazy, though, how teams that we don't expect to do well 
are doing well. Like Northwestern is eleven and three right now. They're two and one in the Big Ten. They they beat Illinois by thirteen. You know, Michigan beat Illinois. Pitts. Illinois was the number two yeah. overall pick for the, and they and Dalton stated that right away. He said, "I don't know how they may be in trouble. They don't. They, mm-hmm. they have a lot of one position, and it's yep. if 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 that's not working, you know, how do you, how how do you rebound from that? How do you rebound? And 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 I think it's shown they've lost some embarrassing games. Missouri blew their doors off." Yeah, they're zero and three in the Big Ten right now. Yeah, which so maybe we missed the mark on them, like we missed the mark on Purdue. You know, thinking, oh, they're going to be middle of the high middle of the pack of the Big Ten. Well, Mm -hmm. it's turning out they may be one of the could be the best team in the Big Ten. We just don't. It's it's there's still a ton of the season left, and I think IU is going to get better. I and Mm -hmm. and. I wholeheartedly hope they lose every game as a fan, uh, but I'm not a naive enough to think that as a commonsensical person. Right. And I don't know that I want them to, I want them to be able to put forward some good games against some of those teams. Purdue might need to have lose. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to root for IU that never left my mouth, Tony. But at the the next day, I may smile a little bit if I see that uh, they, the team I needed to lose, lost IU. I'm not gonna not gonna lie. Right. <laughs> well, and uh, here's the here's the other thing that's kind of surprising that I just uh, that I just saw. There's only two teams that are currently, as of right now, undefeated in the Big Ten, and that is the Wisconsin Badgers, who are ranked number 14. Shocker. And Michigan. Michigan's undefeated right now. And like I said, they just beat Penn State by 10, and then they face Michigan State tomorrow. So that'll be... That's going to be a good game. That's going to be a fantastic game. <laughs> that's going to be a really good game. Um, but all I heard was you're rooting for the Hoosiers. That's but, we, but we... Do, well, let, let's look at this. <laughs> we, you talked about, we talked about the Purdue-Ohio State game and how Purdue won. And we, you mentioned that Rutgers handled Maryland, uh, Maryland pretty well. And Iowa beat IU. Yep. <laughs> so that was a, a pretty high-scoring game. Chris Murray, 30 points, uh, 91-89 over IU. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, though, 30 points for IU. So yeah. uh, I don't worry, because you know that's going to happen more. And yeah. as they get healthier, they're, they're going to win games, even games that they probably shouldn't. You know, and, mm-hmm. and there's not going to be many of those games in the big 10 season that they should win or should lose a game, but they end up winning, but that's going to happen. You know, they're going to match up against, let's say Wisconsin or Purdue, and they're going to beat them, you know, and it's, and you're going to go, Whoa, where'd this come from? Well, I use not bad. They've got Mm -hmm. the horses. They're just getting healthy and whether or not they're, they're having an on night. So, um, I, I don't wish ill will necessarily, but I hope they lose. (laughs) <laughs> and 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 real quick before we potentially move on, do you think this is do you think this was Iowa's game to potentially turn it around and maybe be more of a fearful threat? Because we because we honestly we figured you know Iowa would be up there as one of those teams in the Big Ten where like you know we kind of tossed it up to what IU, Purdue, uh, potentially Michigan State, maybe Michigan, and I know Iowa had to be up there because of Chris Murray. Do you think maybe this is the game that kind of turns the ship a little bit? 
I know the way I kind of looked at it was I had Iowa lower than what I had Purdue, but I had Purdue, you know, five or six, and I had Iowa maybe six, six or seven, maybe eight. Like they were right below. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know because while they still lost to Eastern Illinois, <laughs> you know, that, you know that's a, a struggle to think that you know are they going to run into Northwestern who eventually probably will come back to earth and stay a little bit below 500, if not well below 500 in the big 10, you know, Mm -hmm. do they fall to Northwestern? Do they fall to Minnesota? Uh, You know, these teams that, that they should be handling like they should have handled Eastern Illinois. I don't know because, um, and, and it's the conundrum of what basket, you know, college sports is is you're gonna have crazy kooky times to where all of a sudden oh hey he flunked a test and not many kids are are really gonna let that affect him but there's gonna be some you know and then all of a sudden he has a crappy shooting night his his girlfriend breaks up with him you know and all of a sudden he can't hit the broad side of a barn you know whatever you know these are kids at the same time so they're you know good lord i have three teenagers i i if i had harry it would be gone you know, like I, it, so, uh, Iowa's better than what I f- assume they are. They're better than one in three in the big 10. They were zero in three going into this game against yeah. you. Like that, that's explaining a lot is, is they've struggled a lot and, and they're nine and six overall. So like they, they, I don't know, maybe. And I, and if I, 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 can't if I remember yes. right, they snapped a three game losing streak by beating them last night. Yeah, they did. They snapped a three-game losing streak. Yeah. They hadn't won since uh, they played Southeast Missouri State uh, back in... Uh, back in... A whole year there. back, I bet. Uh, Dece- yeah, whole year. December 17th. So we're coming up about three weeks. Three weeks yeah. since they had a win. Yeah. Well, they... may. I, I, I could see them doing well, but I don't... I'm not convinced of it yet. That's fair. Um, I I think maybe, yeah. I, I'm just gonna stay at that. Right. Let's move to the fourth quarter, Tony. Let's let's get going. Let's do it. All right, we move to the fourth quarter. We are almost there. Almost time to kick back and re- get ready to watch some uh, watch some championship football after a weekend of uh, NFL and uh, all mm-hmm. the head coaches fired yep on monday black monday (laughs) yeah so every week though we do our headlines it's a it's a headline topic doesn't matter what it is that caught our eye and that we want to put into our daily newspaper uh dalton recorded one for us and uh he wanted me to let you know this is a triple d tony it is a double dalton daily he's got two different topics so it is a little bit longer but it is a great one. So let's uh, let's see what uh, what Dalton's got. For the Dalton Daily this week, I'm actually going to make it a double, a double Dalton Daily. We got two stories Triple we're going to take a look at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't beat this, right? We we give you such great <laughs> quantity, you just can't right. beat this. Uh, but coming up on Saturday at two thirty, it's going to be Michigan State, Michigan colliding on the hardwood floor once again in what has become one of the best basketball rivalries in the entire sport. Uh, you could put it in the top three, I think, fairly easily at this point, and certainly in uh, right around that area. 
Um, but it's given us so many great memories of recent. I remember being in the arena in 2019 for one of the greatest stretches of MSU basketball history, where February 24th at, at Chrysler Center, Michigan State, comes from behind, knocks off a top 10 Michigan team uh, with injuries. Nick Ward was out for the game. Michigan State really kind of was left for dead by the media. They somehow went there, got that win on February 24th. Two weeks later, on March 9th, Michigan State hosted Michigan what was going to be the final game of the regular season. Both teams entered the game 15-4 and in Big Ten play. Purdue had earlier in the day finished their season at 16-4. and So these two teams knew this was a winner-take-all. Whoever wins this game is going to share a Big Ten title with Purdue and be Big Ten champs. And you can't get a better stake for a rivalry game than that. I remember it was a Sunday. It tipped off at 8 o'clock at night. And I remember passing by Izzone members on my way into the game. And I asked some of them up front, what time did you get here? The answer was 3 a.m. The, the college students had been outside for 18 wow. hours waiting just to get in there in February. for that game. In February. No, March. March, excuse March, me. Sorry. Still uh, cold. Yeah, very cold, especially in Michigan. But, like, it captured, and, and I've never heard an arena louder than what that place was that night. Michigan State was behind that game. They came back. Aaron Henry had that dunk on Iggy Brasdakis. Uh, Michigan State just went off on a huge run in the second half. Never heard a louder gym in my life. That was the essence of what college basketball is supposed to be and what makes us love college basketball. Then, eight days later, March 17th in a Big Ten tournament title game. Uh, actually, I think March 9th might have been a Saturday, but March 17th was a Sunday, Selection Sunday, they come from behind again to beat Michigan for the third time in just over three weeks. Matt McQuaid goes off with 20-some points. Just a phenomenal memory, and that's kind of what's at stake again when Michigan State and Michigan meet. There's so many great memories of each team getting the better of each other, so many memories that we hang on to for the rest of our lives. That's coming up Saturday at 2.30. But for the second part of the Dalton Daily, uh, the double, Dalton Daly wanted to take a look over in Piscataway because Steve Peichel just picked up his 300th career win when Cam Spencer and the Scarlet Knights knocked off number one Purdue at Mackey Arena. Of course, most of those wins came from his time at Stony Brook when he absolutely elevated that program. But what he's done in New Jersey with the Rutgers Scarlet Knights program has been nothing short of phenomenal. Mm -hmm. This is a program that for the most part, people kind of pointed at, maybe laughed at. They certainly chalked up wins when they looked at Rutgers on the schedule, and that's certainly not the case anymore. Since Steve Peichel has been in Piscataway, he's made a culture that has been tough as nails. As Matt Painter said in the postgame after suffering the loss, he said, look, if we were going to war, we would swing by Piscataway and pick yeah. those guys up first because that's the kind of guys. He said, those, those cats play for keeps, and, and we, we know that every time we line up against them. And he's also made a home court advantage that we talked about earlier in the week. Uh, one of the better ones in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. You think of all the great locations to go. Michigan State, Indiana, Purdue, Michigan, Illinois. There's so many great environments. Iowa, Wisconsin. And Rutgers is among them when it comes to ranking the best Big Ten environments on the basketball court. And a big part of the reason why is because of the belief and hope that Steve Peichel has represented 
for Rutgers and for the folks over in New Jersey since he's gotten there. And what he's built has certainly just been amazing. So we wanted to tip our cap to Steve Peinkel on the milestone 300 wins because, boy, does he certainly deserve it for what he's done with that Rutgers program. Always tough to play in Piscata. Yeah, uh, it's it's tough to play in Piscataway. And uh, Peichel got win 301 last yeah, night. So he did. Uh, let's move to the Tony Tribune. So this is a this is a little bit more of the kind of bringing the NFL slash real world into into Big Ten plus four the college world. Um, so obviously we saw on Monday, uh, Demar Hamlin took a hit and unfortunately ended up having to go to the hospital. Ended up receiving CPR and li- other life saving techniques and uh, is still currently in critical condition, but slowly getting better. Um, he has slowly regained, uh, slowly regaining use of his lungs. He's actually writing things down on paper now. He's communicating. Uh, my mom pointed something out to me yesterday that I thought was pretty awesome. That now. Uh, she currently teaches CPR. She also sells AEDs and the company that she works with has noticed since that unfortunate incident that there has been a 300% increase in AED sales just since Monday. Um, so that to me shows that people are now starting to get serious with some of this more life-saving, you know, life-saving interventions. I can tell you from a medical perspective, uh, when those, when those individuals started CPR on him, that was the best thing that they could have done. The earlier you do it, the earlier you get started, the earlier you start some type of intervention, the better chance that individual has at recovering and Mm -hmm. having a chance at survival. And so far from what we've seen, and I know we're going to continue to hopefully pray for it and continue to, you know, really show our support for DeMar Hamlin. It's showing, it's showing proof that the earlier you get that started and do it, that the better chances that person has of making it. And so far, DeMar Hamlin is, is, is living proof of that so far. Yeah. First question shows the kind of competitor he is. First question he asked. Who yeah. Won? Who won the game? Who and won? The, the doctor said, you, you won the biggest game of all. You won the game of life. That's right. Yep. And such a cool story. I'm, uh, hope that he, he recovers fully. And, uh, you know, honestly, if he so chooses, is able to go back onto the field and play again. Uh, it's yeah. a game that he loved, obviously, or he wouldn't have been in that position in the first place. Uh, not saying that he did anything wrong. I'm just saying that he was in that position to where whatever happened at that time uh, happened while he was on the field. So, I mean, he was doing something he loved. So hopefully he's able to get back there. So uh, for the Sam Sentinel, we're going to go to an article that I found then. And I, I, I giggled and love uh, from the daily Hoosier.com. Yeah, I, I went to the enemy's territory. Uh, Mike Schumann wrote uh, wrote an article. Uh, the headline is "Number One: Are IU Basketball Fans Frustrated with Purdue Being Number One? Can Blame Bob Knight." Go back to 2007, which was Matt Painter's first year as the head coach at Purdue. Uh, there was a, a a game that they were going doing their shoot around. ESPN was there, and Bob Knight was an analyst. Mm-hmm. So he walked up and they were talking to, uh, to each other. And uh, uh, Painter said that there was a conversation that really stuck with him from Coach Knight. And he said, Coach Knight said, you've taken the guys that I would have taken. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, you've done a good job. You've taken, you've taken some smart players that have some deficiencies, but those deficiencies aren't skill level or IQ 
or their competitive spirit. He said, and that's all that really matters. People look at guys and they rank them. It's not track and field. It's basketball. So he said that was such a great uh, conversation that he had with Bob, Bob Knight that day. Uh, a couple of years later, they won their first Big Ten title. He's he's won a few. He won. He had a few years there where they were uber competitive. And then all of a sudden, they hit a deficient or you hit some seasons where they'd lost some games. And uh, the second conversation that Painter recalls on this uh, on this interview that he was given was uh he comes up to me smacks me on the back and says i uh, he said i didn't see him coming he scared me and he says hey what did i tell you about about taking guys who weren't intelligent you got away from that didn't you and he didn't wait for a response he just kept walking and that stuck to matt painter to revamp his style of recruiting and to go back to those players that he was getting before they the, he he went and ha- had a few years of struggle. So it was uh, Bob Knight inspired Matt Painter to continue to go back to what he had been doing that was right mm-hmm. in the first part of his time at Purdue. And, and now look at them. They, they've been number one, two straight years. It had never happened in the program's history. And, and, and I don't care who you are, even if you absolutely hate Purdue, Gene Cady is one of the greatest coaches to ever have coached basketball in the Big Ten. Yeah. Period. That's mm-hmm. not negotiable. That's not debatable. You're wrong if you say otherwise. I'm not saying he's the best. He's one of. One of, and yeah. Gene Cady never got his team to number one. Yeah, but Matt Painter Painter's done it two straight years, and he attributes it to conversations with the enemy, Bob Knight. So that's the Sam Sentinel. I love that story. It's you know I really do like Bob Knight. I yeah. I, I saw him speak at Ball State the year after he got let go at IU, and I had taken the job at, at Texas Tech, and he had he he did a talk at, at ball state he was great he was he was in engaging he was funny uh he was a jerk but that's bob knight i mean you yeah. know that's bob knight and it was just it was so fun to hear him talk uh other than him being at iu i really do enjoy bob knight so so really what i'm hearing out of all of this is iu built the current purdue that's that's what i'm hearing no bob knight did Exactly. But Bob Knight's connected to IU. So I no, no, his last coaching job was not at IU. So I can't the former Texas tech coach. (laughs) All right, Tony, we're wrapping it up. Let's get uh, the socials in and uh, get on out of here. Yeah, so you can find us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at Big Ten Plus Four. They are ridiculous in their rules of having to spell. Who has time to spell anymore? I know I personally don't, but if you want to follow us on any of those three social media platforms, you unfortunately have to spell out the plus. If you want to go to Facebook, though, you don't have to. You can just put the plus. It saves you at least two two seconds of typing, can and you have to try to find it. About hmm? plus. Can I just think about plus, and it will put it in there? Sure can. That's the best part about Facebook. The algorithms now, they know. They already know. You're putting it anyways. (laughs) Um, You can also find us on oddpodsmedia.com. We are the only sports show there, but you can also catch another great uh, slew of shows. You can talk about, you know, food, beer, cheese, politics, everything that you need. You can also find us twice a week live on the ASAP network. 
And if you want to see all the kooky stuff that we may or may not do on here on camera, we're not going to affirm or deny that. You can also find us on Spotify as well. Yeah, so lots of good things happening. Dalton will be back with us on Wednesday of next week. We will join uh, the talk about what's going on up in Ann Arbor. And uh, from all of us here at Big Ten Plus for Dalton Shetler on the video and sometimes in studio, uh, I'm Sam Sprunger. That's Tony Hollinsworth. And you know what? We appreciate you all, and uh, we'll see you later. Bye.